Bible in 2024. Welcome back as we're exploring different ways to engage with the Word of God. Last week we talked all about how and different ways to read through the entire thing over the course of a year. This week we're going to do quite the opposite. If, if last week was about covering material over a designated amount of time, this week is about stopping, slowing down, and digging deeper into very small segments, verses themselves. This is what's commonly known as verse mapping. It's new to me. Maria Boshin is the one who brought my attention to it. And so I've done a little bit of digging and I found at least one template that I'm going to offer for you this day. And so I'm going to invite you to come along with me. We're going to try and explore one of these together. I'll throw it up on your screen so that you can see and follow along to see what I see on my screen. So this sheet that you are going to see looks a lot like this. There are two main sections on this sheet. On the top of your page is going to be your gathering section. This is going to be where you write down all the little notes that you have. Write down all the segments that you want to make sure you remember when you go to put it into the bottom. Because in the bottom is sort of your, here's now what I learned. Because it focuses on four different parts. First, the context. Second, the what does it say. So this is the information, if you will. What does it say? But then the deeper question, what does it mean? And then the third question, or most final one at least, is what should I do? And so you're going to spend a lot of time with just one or two verses of Scripture. And what your goal is, is to find as much information as you can to fill these circles that you see on the top of the page here, so that then when it comes time to go to the bottom of the page, you can do that. So let's dive in here. I've got one already started for us here. <clears throat> you see on the top of our page, I've chosen John 11, 25, and 26, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's some of the most powerful words in all the scripture, if you ask me. And so now our job is to find some information to fill in the buckets. And so there's a lot of different places that you could go for this to find some of these deeper things, to find some clues or some information about the original language, about some cross-references, about some parallel passages, about the context of that. And so two places that I might send you, one is the Blue Letter Bible. I'll link that below in the description. But then the one that we're going to go to and visit today is called Bible Hub. And so I've, I've already pulled this up for us. And you'll see here John 11:25, And immediately we can see a few things on the page here. And so as we know this, we've read it in the ESV. There are other translations here for us to look at, other translations for us to read as we begin to explore. Further along on the right side of our screen, we see context. We should read all verses in their context and understand what was going on, what was happening around them. And so it gives us just a little bit, but if we wanted to click on that, it would give us even more information. But then further down, it talks about cross-references. And so we see here that it has pulled for us some other verses that talk about life, 
that talk about salvation, that talk about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. I'll take you to the back, <clears throat> the top of the screen here. Underneath the verse, there are a title here for Greek. We're going to click on that. The New Testament is primarily written in ancient Greek, and the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And so, as we read the Bible, all that we have are translations in our English. And so, it can be helpful to go back and look at what are some of the original meanings behind the words. And so, what this does is it takes the word by word in the Greek and tells you what the translation is. But then underneath it, this is referencing a, a book that has sort of concordance-like structure with the Greek and English. And it offers to you, well, what, what does this word mean? And so as we see here, we see what Jesus means. You see the Greek underneath the English there. But here's a word that I want to look at. Resurrection or anastasis. And so you can click either on the word itself or you can click on the Strong's number. That's what we're going to click on today. And then that will take you to a few other places that have this same word, this same, uh, same verb in it. But I'm going to click on this here where it says Strong's Greek 386. And so as I read this, I can see what it means. And so literally this word means standing up resurrection, raising up, rising again. And so I'm going to go back to my page here, and I'm going to make a note that resurrection equals standing up again. <clears throat> Maybe I'll highlight this word too. Now let's, let's go back to our Strong. So here we're going to hit the back button a few times to go back to our passage. <clears throat> I'm curious what this word is or what it says about Jesus being the life. What does that mean when he says, I am the life? The life. And so here we have this word. We can click on it. Again, we're going to click on Strong's Greek 22 there. Zoe means life physical or spiritual throughout the universe it's derived comes only comes from and is sustained by god the lord alt intimately shares his gift of life with people creating each in his image which gives all the capacity to know his eternal life and so now i can go back over here and say life equals not just spiritual but physical as well. <clears throat> now let's, let's go and find the context a little bit more here, just to understand what is going on. So if we go to John 11, let's see if this will give us the context here. <clears throat> John 11. And so this is the entire chapter in its thing. And so we're looking, we're reading, we're trying to understand what's going on here. And so as we read the story in its entirety, we see, okay, there's this guy, Lazarus, who's sick. He's been born. He's, he's in Bethany. They send people to Jesus, Lord, the one you love. So this is a person he cares about. 
But then Jesus says these strange words, right? The sickness will not end in death. It's for the glory of God, so that a son of God may be glorified through it. Okay, and so we see the purpose of this. And so that's a helpful note to remind ourselves. The purpose is the glory of God. Okay, and then let's go back here to our passage. And so as we're reading it still, we can see here the disciples are confused, right? But Jesus tells them, look, Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. And then they say, God, if he's sleeping, then he'll get up. But Jesus says, he's, glad, he's dead. And for your sake, I was glad I was not there so that you may believe. And so again, we see more purpose that Jesus is saying here. And so we can go back to our sheet. The purpose is for the glory of God. And then also so that the disciples would believe. Okay. Underline life from earlier. And then on and on, you'll continue. I'm not going to walk all the way through it with you. But once you're done with these sort of things, now your job is to go to the bottom of the page and write out exactly what happens here. Okay, and so we can fill in a few of these things now. We can say, well, the author was John. The audience was the, the gospel John. or That's who it was written to anyway. When? We know it's after Jesus was dead. So, so sometime after Jesus resurrection style this is narrative right so that's a story it's not poetry it's not law and the purpose we can we can fill in now because we know the purpose of this or the context of the story is for the glory of God to be revealed and so that the disciples would believe and so now we can take into account more about what does it say, right? So it says that Jesus is going to raise this person, that he is the one who is the resurrection and he is the life. And so we could fill in things about that. We could say, well, what does it mean? Well, it means that Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. And so now we might go back to our Bible hub here and focus on some of those context verses to the cross references. It's amazing how many of these are from John, right? John 1, Jesus was the life and the light of life of men was in him. God so loved the world. The Father raises the dead and gives them life. So also the Son gives life to whom he wishes, etc., etc. One of the things we could fill in here in this section is that what does it mean? That Jesus alone has power to raise the dead. And so what should we do? We could talk about here how Jesus has given us life, how he's want and called us to believe in him, to spend time with him in this way. So that's just a small exploration. There are countless other ways. There are study Bibles that you could dive into to spend more time. There are commentaries that you could read both online and you could buy to hold in your house as well. 
but really this practice of verse mapping is really, really meant to slow us down, to laser focus in on one particular passage, on one particular part of the scriptures, and see what God is trying to do, see what God is trying to make happen there, and then see what it means for us. So often we come to the scriptures and immediately try and insert ourselves into them. But so often we need to let the scriptures read us instead. And so this practice of verse mapping will be one way that will help you do that. So again, I've linked both of those PDFs, the instruction one, and then also the template itself in the description of the video below. But I encourage you to reach out, ask any questions that we might have, and maybe we could explore this together. So God be with you this day as you learn, as you grow, as you read the Bible in a new way in 2024.